Hello everyone, and welcome to the Soul Shook podcast if you're listening today. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome to the Lotus and the Lion channel where we discuss all things inspiring, healing, spiritual, and oftentimes controversial. Today I want to discuss something that is very close to my heart, it's very important I think, and this is one of the most critical phases in the healing um, I wanted to say the healing stage, but it's a critical phase of healing, period. And that is learning how to process and hold emotion. Now, when I started this journey, I had no idea whatsoever how difficult this was going to be. And it has been absolutely excruciating at times, sometimes unbearable, actually. And I wish that I had a map some understanding and some tools when I was on this journey. So I hope to provide you with some of that today. And just let you know, I mean, this is this is still difficult for me. I would say out of all of the phases of healing and, and things that I've gone through on this journey, learning how to hold and process emotion still remains to be the most challenging for me. So, um, but, you know, just talking about like what emotion is and how it affects our lives is really mind-blowing because I really feel that we spend most of our lives avoiding emotion. And this is how addiction is born. This is how um, pessimism is born. You know, people who become workaholics. Um, I think even ADD. Um, victimhood. There's so many things that we will do, you know, uh, inability to be uh, intimate or really connect with others. So you kind of have like this really tough exterior. So many of us, I want to say most of us, spend good portions of our days figuring out how to avoid emotion. And for me, especially when you're thinking about things like addiction, Learning how to simply hold and process emotion is the most critical key to your healing. What I didn't expect on this journey, um, if you don't know my story, I have a pretty long history of depression, addiction, um, all just sorts of unhealthy coping mechanisms. And when I quit drinking, um, I didn't expect that learning to hold emotion was going to be so difficult. And so what I find when it comes to addiction especially is you have this event, this situation that happens, these emotions rise up, it might even just be a memory. And as soon as they do, we automatically want to hose out that emotion. So if you're familiar with IFS or parts ther uh, therapy, one of the parts, the protective parts that Dick Schwartz talks about is called a firefighter. And its job is to hose out those feelings when they become too overwhelming for us. So what I've learned is that emotion is energy. And it gets to where, when you, as you're learning how to hold emotion, it just it can become very overwhelming. And for me, at times, it feels like I'm walking around, you know, with my arms out, and it's just piling up, 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 
and it's like I have all of these plates stacked and I can't carry them all at once and it just feels like something's gonna drop. It's so much for me personally to hold and and then I find that that I'm just walking around this big ball of emotion. You know, I'm like, oh look at me, I'm doing great. I'm I'm holding this emotion. I'm not trying to hose it out. I'm not drinking or, you know, doing these other things that I would have done in the past, but sometimes I just don't know where to put that emotion. And I find especially certain times of the year are especially challenging for me. So that for me it's winter. Um, and I think that I've realized it's because I don't have as much of an outlet for the energy as I do in some other months. But ways I want to talk about how to release that, that energy. Because it can also kind of feel like you have too many balloons and you're trying to like cram them all in a car and they just don't fit. And, and that's a problem. So for me, it, it's not getting rid of the event or the memory or even necessarily that we're going to 100% heal that in a day. It's just releasing some of the energy attached to it so it doesn't affect you as much. And this is something like I'm calling myself out right now to you guys. I'm still really, really learning how to do this and to get better at it instead of just carrying all this emotion around all the time, which is energy, right? I have to constantly remind myself that I need to release some of that energy. I need to let some of that air out of the balloon so that it's manageable. It's like if you can deflate the balloon, okay, now there's room in the car or if it's a book, you know, whatever, then you can put it on the bookshelf for a while and I'll come back to it later. But um, I think that once we learn how to master that, once we learn how to hold our emotions, we can go through life without needing these other coping mechanisms to, to hose out the emotion. That no longer becomes the goal. The goal is how do I process this? So, you know, if you need an immediate fix and, and the energy is just so big and heavy and you need to deflate that balloon, you can, um, I'm just gonna look at my notes here. <laughs> Here's some methods of releasing some of that energy. You can work out, and for me, I would say that is probably the top most effective form of energy release for me. Um, singing is helpful, dancing, walking, running, um, recording your thoughts. That's another one that's really good for me. Sometimes I, I, I love to write, but I tell myself I don't always have the time. So I'll just open my phone recorder and I'll just start getting a lot of that emotion out telling my story. Maybe instead of instead of feeling that I need to vent everything to someone, I'm still getting it out. And it's kind of like being in in a relationship with your soul and you're just, you know, whoever it is that you want to imagine you're venting to. Maybe it's the universe or a spirit guide or or it's just yourself in the future or your past self. But I find recording to be really really helpful. Um, breath work, writing, when I do make the time, I find writing to be so cathartic for me personally. There's something about getting it down on the page that just helps to really 
take a lot of that energy out of the situation and and free me up so that I have more energy available for other things like joy and connecting. Um, yoga is also really helpful, especially exercises designed specifically to release trauma and tension from the psoas muscle. So a lot of um, a lot of different cultures believe that trauma is stored in the psoas muscle. The psoas meet, uh, stands for the seat of the soul. And a lot of animals, they... So, okay, I have to back up a little bit. Because in somatic experiencing, which is just another um, methodology that believes that a lot of trauma is stored in the body, in the muscles, in the different organs, and, you know, this goes really deep. This can describe a lot of things, fibromyalgia, CFS, um, a lot of different disorders, even just general back pain, which I've had a big history of. But trauma is stored in the body. So when you look at an animal, um, there's a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, I think, and he talks about how a zebra can be, um, you know, drinking from a pond one moment and being chased by a lion the next and can completely reset their nervous system uh, quickly and just go right back to to um, being at the pond and, and drinking. So they have this natural ability to flip these switches that we as humans don't necessarily have access to. I think that we've kind of been cut off from it somewhat and we don't really know how to rebalance ourselves. Um, but we're learning now that a lot of that trauma is stored in the body. And that's, that's where the memory is. The memory is, is, um, can become trapped sometimes. And so there are these exercises designed to cause your muscles, specifically the psoas, to shake uncontrollably, involuntarily. And that's what an animal does. Sorry, I'm off track here. The zebra will shake. And almost every single animal does this. Dogs, um, if you watch them when they're, they're afraid, they will just naturally do that. And, it, and it's like shaking the trauma or the event out of their body and resets their nervous system. So that is what some of these trauma exercises can do for us. And I really think it's why... Working out is so helpful. Um, you know, have you ever worked out or, or danced so hard that you still felt like you were shaking after? So these are all methods of releasing a lot of that energy that is um, attached to these events. So I really just thought this was important to share with you all today. I think it it does go a lot more in depth than this, um, but just being able to release some of that energy is so crucial. And I think that when you get to the point that you, I mean, just looking at myself now compared to like where I was years ago. So I now can like maybe have something happen that is completely earth shattering or feels like my heart is breaking and still tell myself, okay, well, I have to go to Lowe's and buy light bulbs and, and kitty litter, and I have some errands to take care of. I still need to take my daughter to volleyball, and I can do all of these things. 
and still feel like my heart is breaking. Where the old me would have been like, no, I can't go anywhere, I can't do anything, I can't function. It's either lay in bed all day or drink. And, and so I find that once you're able to get into this space where you realize you can hold emotions and still live your daily life, like you know, you're like, okay, I'm, this is completely new territory and you really are mastering this. And that's, I think, when you really know you have conquered addiction and you've conquered some of these old unhealthy coping mechanisms. But that doesn't mean that it's easy. It's still really difficult and challenging, I'm sorry to say, but there are ways that we can learn to start to process this emotion and make it a little bit more manageable. Um, I also think that IFS is really helpful, but I would say that step one is just learning how to release some of the energy attached to the event. Step two is, you know, when you have the time, you can take that event down from the shelf and say, okay, I'm gonna look at this, I'm gonna ask myself some really big questions about it and get serious with myself. And you know, and you have to really make sure that when you go into these spaces, it's with an open mind and an open heart and not really with the intent, intent to find fault or blame outside yourself, which is what most of us do. We can't bear the thought that we could have some kind of role in whatever the painful events are that occur. So it's our natural response to want to find fault or blame outside ourselves. And you'll always be able to do that. It's not difficult. But um, we can't control others. We can only control ourselves. So it's important when you are discussing these events with yourself, try to find the parts that you can control, the parts that have to do with you and, and where you went wrong and where you want to improve. And this is how we heal. So IFS can also be really helpful because I think a lot of people have a hard time getting in touch with some of their parts because we have so many protective layers preventing us from being able to really get very much deeper sometimes. I mean, these parts work really hard to like, no, you're not getting in there. That would be too painful. So Dick Schwartz, you know, he provides a lot of tools that help us remove some of those layers and get to know these different parts that are protecting us. And then we can work with those parts. We can talk with them, communicate, negotiate, make plans, you know, ask them, okay, pessimist, I see you. I understand you. Thank you for your role. I, I see how hard you've been working to protect me all my life. I'm kind of moving into this next stage here. And so I need your help if you could step back a little bit maybe and just advise me instead of, um, you know, constantly telling me that everything is so negative or everything's so bad and everything's gonna fail. Um, and so the goal is to get a lot of these parts to work with you and become advisors instead of being so critical all the time or cynics or completely just blocking you from being able to see something, hear something, experience something. So IFS is really great. And then I find once you've kind of removed a lot of the energy and you've done whatever your preferred method of healing some of these events 
are, then I like to use prayer or meditation as kind of like a sealant. It's like once you've sort of let some of that air out of the balloon, you want to be able to seal that up and close that chapter. And, and um, it's like sealing up any vulnerabilities. So, you know, no air can get back in there. And we're not going to allow that event to have any power or control over us anymore. Um, so, I mean, I think this, I, there's so much more I could say on this, but I hope that you find some of this information helpful. And um, I'd like to go into depth more about this in the near future. If you have any questions, please feel free to drop them in the comment section below. And if you find this channel helpful, please subscribe, like, and share with your friends. And I hope that you keep coming back. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you all. Have a blessed day. Love you.